Why does this thing exist? Podcast. Why does this thing exist? Podcast. Good morning, friends. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, who's that talking? <laughs> Quiet down, you. You're not being <laughs> introduced yet. Uh, today, you may uh, notice, listeners, I'm a little bit excited today because <laughs> this is an important day in the story of Why Does This Thing Exist podcast. We are joined by our very first guest. Woo! How was that? Celebratory woo, not a boo. Sorry, just wanted to clarify that. I realised I said this. This doesn't sound jovial at all. No, it did sound like a boo. <laughs> you were saying like boo earns. I was saying boo earns indeed. And um, without further ado, let me introduce that guest. His name is Dave Steele. He Hello. is a humorist and educator. <laughs> he is <Yeah>. the host <laughs> of. The podcast, very good podcast, Will Riker's <laughs> Sex Beard, available through all your podcasting sites. <laughs> and if you just ask a friend, they'll show you how to listen to it, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, thank you for coming on our terrible, terrible effort of a podcast. <laughs> to be honest, I, that that seemed like there was quite a lot of ado. <laughs> it was a lot of ado. I think we've been going for like, like 45, 50 minutes. Thank yes. you for coming on the podcast and uh, good night, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> this is by far the longest preamble we've done. We, we normally keep it under a good 10 seconds. <laughs> good morning, friends. Dean, what's your thing? All right. Uh, that's, that's usually how it goes. Uh, this week, it's my time to shine. I'm showing off in front of the guests. <laughs> for best. D- Dave, uh, you were the host of uh, Will Riker's Sex Beard, a very interesting podcast about um, Star Trek Next Generation's leading character except for Picard uh William Riker now I've noticed Dave that you've had Dean on as a guest for this podcast and yet you haven't had me on as a guest for this podcast yet <laughs> well, why is that Dave hubris pure hubris, pure hubris. <laughs> on, on your part or mine <laughs> <laughs> I I just assumed you'd turn up at some stage and do it. <laughs> well, that that is a given. Yeah, <laughs> I've been knocking on doors in the rough area where you live. <laughs> that would explain the gunshots. Demanding particular <laughs> sex beard show, something like that. He's been on seven podcasts already, but it's not yours. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what happens. You say. I think this this, this these days really be my podcast is like the modern day. Just giving you giving someone your business card. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, of course I will. Yeah, and that's just it's just done. I think that's my that's my take on the matter. Yeah, I've got to agree. Don't worry, I I, I can see you both clamouring to, to back me up on that. But, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. no, I just I just think <laughs> if, if you're of a certain age, as time passes, the the probability of be, getting a podcast of your own approaches one. <laughs> yeah. It's like the event horizon, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the non-event horizon. I just want to know how we'll all fit into the wider Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> we, we have explored this on a previous episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, you, do you think, Dave, that if you were to plot this on a graph, that it would just be a straight line going upwards, where it's <laughs> on, on one uh, axis is likelihood of this person doing a podcast and then on the other axis is interest this wife's person has in <laughs> conversation with them 
<laughs> um, I think I don't think I'd even have a line graph. I think I'd have a Venn diagram, <laughs> two, two separate circles, and one would be Dave's interest in doing a podcast, and the other circle would be Dave's wife watching Wimbledon, <laughs> and there would be no crossover in the middle. Those circles are in different rooms as well. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> in different buildings. Just like, absolutely no overlap there. And there's another circle which is quite an attractive man just sort of hanging around in the background and <laughs> <laughs> looking busy whenever Dave looks at it. I honestly thought when you said quite an attractive circle, you were going to say Dean. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. That's, that's the best compliment I've had for quite some time. Ah, well, I'll, I'll go with it. Uh, should we start the show? I guess we should. Yes, I'm going to. Right. <laughs> okay, it's me, right? Yeah. That's, ah, that's yeah. It's as per Dean. Go on, you start yourself. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what is your thing this week, Dean? Thank you for that wonderful, wonderful, enthusiastic introduction. So, just going to share the screen. Okay, so my thing this week is a thing I I've known about for some time. I don't know why it exists. I think a lot of people don't because the person who created it can't really explain it. But I'm glad it does exist, and here it is. It's the video game soda machine project. Uh, is either of you familiar with this already? At all? What the fuck's this? No, I don't. I don't know. It, it looks. It looks vaguely Monkey Island esque. That, 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 that the the van of picture at the top is from Monkey Island. Yes, oh, well, there we go. The case. So well done. Um, it's basically someone uh, many years ago started a project where they catalogued every instance of a soda machine or vendor machine appearing in a video game, and there you go. That's essentially it. They've uh, amazing been going on for many many years. Um, people have started sending stuff in. The genres are all over the, the Secret of Monkey Island. The, the gold yeah. machine is there. Uh, like the Sims, obviously they pop up there and stuff. Uh, uh, Demons hate my neighbors. Uh, apparently, some sort of uh, this different game. I don't know. Here, the Avengers game is there. Uh, <laughs> this, this is it's just the most recent recent editions. Like at some point, there's um, uh, old. Game Boy games, uh, which uh, it's a brilliant animated series. There we go, it's a vendor machine. Uh, there's 153 pages of this with like 10 entries each, and it's ongoing. It hasn't been updated for a while, but it's ongoing. Uh, if I just uh, go uh, to the about page, you see, um, is it a why soda machines? It seemed like a good idea at the time. That is <laughs> the full explanation for why this works uh, by Jess Morissette, a professor of political science and amateur game developer. Oh, uh, so uh, that's it then. Basically, someone is, has been, and continues to uh, catalogue all the instances of vendor machines and soda machines that appear in video games. So there we go. I- initial thoughts, I, I think this is very good. I was all for it until that I saw that the, this person's a professor. But yeah, it's someone with a, obviously a very high up academic position. They are an official professor. Uh, I don't know if they're a professor in spite of this project, or if it's actually led to it, because they have published papers about it. Uh, so. I, I'm very much in favour of it. Mm-hmm. Is it just soda machines, or is it any vending machine? I think it's just. I think it's any vending machine because I think some, one of the examples of the earlier games I saw, like proper old green screen Game Boy ones, it's kind of hard to tell what it is. It's just that it is a vending machine of sorts, right? Because yeah. this is going to make or break it for me. Is it just a list, or are there any stats on it? Because what I uh, want is a pie chart, percentage of vending machines with Coke, percentage of vending machines that do crisps. I want excellent. I want to see how the proportion of snacks versus drinks changes over time. 
then I'll allow him to be a professor. Just, <laughs> exactly. Just the exactly. List, the man yeah. is unacceptable. And I assume yeah. it's a man. <laughs> yeah. Well, believe it or not, yes, it is. Uh, uh, no, going to any stereotypes there, but that is the case. Yes. Um, uh, let me see uh, about this project. Uh, let's have a look what we got here. Why sewing machines? Uh, uh, how many sewing machines are catalogued? Um, as of May 2020, 3,376. See, that's a good data set. Yeah, that's mm. good. Uh, when you get screenshots, they're submitted or he finds them. Uh, there's, some, uh, there's some academic research about it, if you're interested. Oh, I'm not seeing anything about the actual breakdown of the graphs and stuff. Maybe we need to read his research. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll, uh, I'll bring it up. Uh, abstract. Anyone who spends significant time playing video games has likely encountered a virtual soda machine. There's a Nuka-Cola machine in the Fallout games a grog machine in the Monkey Island series, or any number of other examples, soda machines are surprisingly ubiquitous throughout the medium, which suggests that he's actually focusing on soda machines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he can tell all the time, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. uh, why do soda machines appear so frequently? What purpose do they serve? What value do they represent? This article identifies depictions of vending machines in games and analyzes the roles, commercial, aesthetic, lucid, and narrative. Played by these machines. He's going to argue that soda machines serve a crucial purpose in grounded video games in a world <laughs> where we recognize as like our own, while simultaneously reinforcing the consumerist values of modern capitalism, the paper draws on the data from the Video Game Soda Machine Project, a website cataloging more than 3,000 soda machines across every major platform and genre. Now, and, that, and that's something that this person wrote when their line manager called them and asked them what they've been doing for the last four years, is it? <laughs> or someone needed a grant and they go, well, yes, I, 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 can I get funding for this? Because I've, I've seen some uh, radical applications for grant funding, and uh, this is along those lines. I mean, you know what they say, isn't it? If you can find a way to turn your hobby into a career, then rapid degeneration follows. And <laughs> that's clearly what's happened here. Yes, thank you, Dave. Thank you for that summary of my, my, my current situation. Like, Holding uh, the mirror up to Dean there. <laughs> on a Zoom call for no reason whatsoever. Achieving nothing. I'm lucky uh, like that. I don't enjoy anything. <laughs> so it be a secret, Simon. Constant misanthrope. Yeah. I think I, I do sort of like this sort of thing because you know it's one of those you didn't know it existed. Uh, when you find out, like oh, I'm sort of I'm reassured that someone's put this much effort into something which serves, as far as I can tell, no real tangible purpose. But that's it doesn't need to. I like the fact that it it is what it is. Um, also, it does make me think of um, things like so, like soda machines in video games. But, like they, they are one of those things in they're like the background furniture of modern life, but not so common. That you know, they, you just don't notice them. They, they don't stand out either. It's like a real sweet spot. It's like when you drive on the motorway in this country. If you, you see a sheep or a cow, you don't. It's you know, you don't think about. It. When you see a horse, you go, oh, horse, uh, because they're just just common enough. You know. <laughs> yeah. And I, don't know, I just find that a really intriguing sort of sweet spot in the in the mind. The hit of oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I've noticed that, and then you just don't think about it again. I think I've noticed a vending machine all of once, and it was when. <laughs> I was at Aston University for, yeah. for some unknown reason, and they had a pot noodle vending machine. Wow. <laughs> and I went, oh, <laughs> very much the horse of vending machines. <laughs> <laughs> That's some kind of gilded horse. <laughs> <laughs> How did it work, Dave? Did you did you try it out? I, I didn't. I didn't have time. I think it was a school trip. I think I was at secondary oh, yeah. school. But I imagine you put money in and it gave you a pot noodle. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I want to know the mechanics of this. This is far more interesting to me than this video soda project. Well, I, I imagine I imagine the coins that you put in triggered a mechanism which opened a <laughs> yeah. hatch and then Let, your selected pot noodle fell out. Let me take you through how I think it will work. Okay. <laughs> and if there's any listeners out there who have experience with this vending machine and its operation, please do email Dean at why does this thing exist podcast at gmail.com? <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, <Simon. laughs> Maybe I'll edit that out. Maybe I won't. Just make a beep. I don't know. I don't, I don't right, I'll beep. I'll beep it out. I'll beep. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Beep, beep out a bit. They don't say it again. And people a different bit. And see if people can piece it together. That's like, right. Yeah. Challenge yeah. for the listeners. Is exactly. it a competition? We didn't. We haven't, we've never done a competition. No, we'll we do a competition. First listener to email Dean with. <laughs> Uh, whether they've used this pot noodle vending machine or not, just a simple yes or no. Subject here, subject line: pot noodle vending machine. <laughs> Main email body: Yes, I have used this machine. No, I have not used this machine. First listener uh, to email Dean about it gets a free copy of one of Dean's books, whatever. It is. Okay, anyway, this is how this is how I imagine it would work. You put your you put your money in, a cup falls down, but it's the pot noodle cup, yeah. Right. Next thing, a whirring noise. <laughs> Dry noodles fall into this cup. <laughs> this is really evocative. Next thing, I might get it a little bit closer to the mic for this thing. Hot, steamy water. <laughs> There's the podcast. It erupts onto these dry noodles. <laughs> Then it also splashes all down your trousers or something like that. <laughs> oh, I, thought, I thought this was going to go, Bombay bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> Cheesy mushroom. <laughs> Imagine a world. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> Coming too soon. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where I think I got wrong here because when you said a pot noodle vending machine, I thought you put money in and just gave you a packet of pot noodle which you take away to prep yourself. Whereas Simon's gone through all it's like an instant coffee machine, which I think is better because you can buy a pot noodle for surely far more easily. Well, it depends where you are, I suppose. But I, I like that. I think the more elaborate is, is a better approach. I think so. Yeah. Mm. The only vending machine I, I remember sort of thinking about is when I first went on a lad's holiday with some friends who were 16. And uh, they were adamant that they were, oh, we're going to pull this holiday. And I, I, I'm pretty sure we weren't, but <laughs> that was just me. And uh, the, the, the two more uh, forthright lads said, oh, we've got to get some condoms. So, do we? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, you can. I, I they forgot until we got to the airport. We said, oh, let's go to the, oh, there's a machine in the toilet. Let's go to the machine. And uh, they went to the machine and there was, um, there was a condom machine in there. But they, for some reason, it was only doing flavoured condoms. <laughs> like three pound each back in the early two, no, no, late nineties, I suppose. So like those are quite pricey. And one of them bought them for one pack of two. So <laughs> one each. Oh god, this is bleak. But the only flavour, the, the one they chose is chocolate. I thought, you, is a chocolate condom a good idea? That sounds like in the context, that's going to be awful for all concerned. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they never used them. Last night they got the pissed. Opener goes, "I don't smell like chocolate," and threw it straight in the bin. <laughs> uh, all because the lady loves <laughs> thrush. <laughs> the taste of paradise. <laughs> 
someone somewhere <laughs> and so on <laughs> when uh, do you think uh, the video games moved to vending machines i remember when you used to like um to get health, you just have to eat like a full turkey or something. Yeah, from a bin normally. <laughs> yeah, from a bin. <laughs> Streets of Rage, that wasn't it? Yeah. That was when they had vending machines and that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not a huge video game connoisseur these days, but I've got a few. But the ones I play, they tend to feature quite prominently, like um, Half Life Bioshock. They've, they've yeah, got, they're yeah, yeah. quite integral to the plot in that. Uh, but I haven't played any of the multimedia online multiplayer things at the moment. So I don't know if they are especially. Uh, but I, I bet there's. I wonder if there's any in the classic ET game, which could end up in a lap. <laughs> I had that ET game. It was, yeah, yeah. It was in, well, it was just uh, totally perplexing to me, to me as a, like a five year old child or whatever, five to seven, I guess. I played it maybe a bit longer. It was just <laughs> impenetrable. It was yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> when he says five to seven, he means that. That time of day. <laughs> Five o'clock, seven yeah, yeah. o'clock, I'm here yeah. for a bad lock, yeah. through in the yeah. bin. Just okay. getting from work and then down the mine. <laughs> yeah. It was the valley, so it was the sort of thing that went on. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so a video game sort of machine project, someone is just, uh, just cataloging all the instances of vending machines and video games, and um, it, for reasons unknown. So, does anyone oh. have a. Uh, it was yes, Steve? Can you, can you hear that noise? Uh, is it on oh, your It's. I think it's time for the element of surprise. <laughs> the element of surprise. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> this week's element of surprise, oh. what is cesium? Cesium? Uh, <laughs> it's just really throwing me now. This is completely violated the format. Um <laughs> Cesium is an element. It's an atom. Uh, it's is it Ce on the table uh, on the periodic table? It's some sort of react, reactive metal. I'm going to go with that. That's my usual default because that's the biggest group. Um, Dave, yep, is that right? That or is not? cesium. Yeah, well <laughs> I got there in the end. Yeah, <laughs> and that's how we play element of surprise. No, it's not. <laughs> Isn't how we play it normally. The element of surprise. So let's go around then. What are we giving this um, video game soda machine project? Score out of five. Uh, Dave, you're our guest. We'll start with you. I think I think a strong four. Hmm. Dean? I'm going to go with a three because I was going to give it a four. Uh, one mark off for incompleteness, which I think will never be complete. So that's probably unfair. It's like the light speed barrier. It's never going to get there. <laughs> But also, Dave made the valid point that there's so much more scope for more interesting data, which isn't there. Mm. So I think if that's added, then I will uh, I will up my marks later on. Uh, but uh, that's right. I'll give you a three out of five right now. But I like it. Other than that, I think it's a, I'm just glad it exists. i got to agree with you there. I think um, there's scope for this to improve more. Um, <laughs> hopefully, this has brought in some grant money for whatever institution <laughs> Professor Jess works at. And... Um, all, all I hope for is that the professional services and uh, domestic services staff at the institution that they work for are paid a living wage. Three out of five. <laughs> okay, very good. And then uh, let's have a little break and we'll see you soon, listeners. Great success. What a episode one. Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Okay, we're back. <laughs> and uh, we're moving on to my segment now. Um, just going to share this with you, gentlemen. Okay, um, what do you think about this, boys? Okay, do you want to describe it? Shall yeah. I? Or Dave, you have the, the dulcet voice. Do you want to do it? I mean, well, what we're looking at is a tattoo <laughs> yep. of Batman, or if we're being really accurate, someone dressed as Batman. <laughs> Yes, a bit more, a bit more girth than the usual Batman. Ca- caressing a pregnant Shrek, <laughs> and sort of as if we're seeing a scan of inside the the belly of pregnant Shrek. We have the a fetal um, Sonic the Hedgehog. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we got. Yeah, and if you know um, this as well, James, uh, what when I saw this picture for the first time, I thought were like. Uh, scabs or pimples. No, I've just <laughs> seen that, yeah. They're oh. actually little love hearts that have also oh, yeah. been tattooed on, yeah. onto the person's flesh. Because Girthy Batman is um, you know, holding Shrek uh, gently, uh, well, as one might hold a lover from behind, and Shrek mm. is looking back at him with a uh, uh, expression of like longing and satisfaction. Uh, mm. in, you know, this is uh, this is this is where I want to be. This is where I'm glad I am, and I hope to never leave this situation. I'd say that that Shrek in particular looks. He looks happy, but he also looks high as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got, you got to be in, uh, no, so <laughs> in a certain state of mind to be impregnated by Batman in the first place, I think. And imagine, no, also, if, you know, he's having contractions, there's gas and air, it could be that. Uh, so there's lots of options there for why he's um, in an altered state of mind. In possibly a first for this sentence, I'm trying to examine the crevices to see where pregnant Shrek is on the body. Now, uh, Dave, <laughs> I've uh, also examined this picture very closely, and I've got a theory, but I'd like to hear yours. It looks sort of armpitish. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not thinking buttocks, although, you know, could be slightly deformed. But if you look up above Batman, it looks like some sort of scar there, which perhaps is on the, the back of the arm or shoulder. So I'm, I'm going to go with near the armpit. Yeah. I like that theory. My initial thought was, um, of course, whoever would deign to have this etched onto their body forever would have it done on their ass. And I think you're right, Dave. I think that is an armpit, or it is... Possibly one of the worst anuses I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to throw a curveball here. Yeah. Because when I looked at this, uh, I haven't seen some uh, medical and friends who do this sort of thing. Given the location of it, it looks like one of those tattoos you have when you've had to have a nipple removed <laughs> for medical reasons. Oh, wow. Mm. If you see where Shrek's belly button is, that's where the nipple would be. Yeah, so perhaps perhaps the scar at the top fits in with that. So yeah. perhaps it's the side of the breast by the armpit. Yeah. Oh. And but then I think the whole point of those tattoos is to stop people staring at your, <laughs> yeah. at your removed, uh, your your surgically altered part of your body. But this clearly goes in the opposite direction. Is if you're going to stay, I'm going to give you something to look at because this is That's this brilliant. is a very different different. Approach. Either way, what we've got, what we've just had, is the worst deductive section of Sherlock. <laughs> worst or best, or best yeah. <laughs> I mean this is absolute fan fiction this is proper slash fiction and now we've incorporated Sherlock into it as well <laughs> yeah. this multi-franchise multi uh, 
well, loving, as I guess you could call it that. Sonic the Hedgehog features heavily in uh, fan art of a sexual nature because of the fear, furry community. Because obviously he's a very um, obvious go-to for, for that sort of uh, uh, interest. He's cool, isn't he? Yeah, but also you know, he's, he's a default furry because he's a you know, anthropomorphic animal and has attitude. But I've not seen any with Shrek so far. He's, he's, he's an interesting choice. He's just ugly, dude. <laughs> well, no, he's you know, he's beautiful. I saw the film, Simon. You haven't seen the film. I disagree fully with it. <laughs> That's propaganda. That film is <laughs> pro ogre propaganda. Yeah, the very big ogre. <laughs> they got their claws into me, have they? Yeah, as opposed to the little ogres you get. <laughs> Does Tony the Tiger feature in any of this furry things? I think so. I think I have seen... Like, tigers are quite a popular choice. I mean, I've seen a sort of tiger ensemble, including Tigger, which is all sorts of wrong. Tigger, I mean, no, I wouldn't have Tigger. I'd have Tony the Tiger because he's great. <laughs> he's... I think I'd go I think I'd go fairly standard and go uh, Robin Hood from Disney Robin Hood. Yes, he's another... Yeah. Uh, he features heavily as well. Um, yeah. There weren't any tigers in that, were there? It was a King no, John. No, tiger. Uh, he was a lion, wasn't he? Yeah. King John's a oh. lion, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sheik and the Tiger appeared in, uh, was it? Tailspin. Tailspin, thank you, yes. He was the, the sort of evil corporate boss in that, yeah. Mm. Thank you, that was going to bug me if I unsaid that, <laughs> because I was going to be there all day. And Tailspin's an erotic spin-off of... <laughs> <laughs> the Jungle Book. So, the Jungle Sonic, And Sonic the Hedgehog, because obviously Tails, isn't it? So, <laughs> Tailspin is Sonic's favourite move. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's it called when you, like, uh, you, you take your trousers and your boxers down? And then you just whip your penis round into a circle. The helicopter? The helicopter, not the tailspin, <laughs> yeah. Edit that out. <laughs> well, helicopters can go into a tailspin, so I think, you know, it's not necessarily that wrong, I think. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> this segment's gone into a tailspin. <laughs> very, very much so. So, um, again, I have Simon, um, what were your thoughts when you first saw this? I liked it a lot. I, to be honest, <laughs> uh, it... Your explanation, Dean, has given it, it given, really given it for me. I never thought that um, mm. that it, it's, it's someone who's had like um, surgery on their breasts, either mm. uh, maybe a mastectomy or a, or somebody who's trans or something like that. Maybe mm. I don't know, but I think it's awesome that <laughs> if that is the case that this is what they've decided to to decorate that area with. Yeah. That, that is hardcore. I, I, I think that's what we call a bold move. <laughs> yeah. Very much. I, I can only I can only sort of vaguely imagine having that level of confidence to go with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm intrigued as to the mechanics involved because uh, as a as a Star Trek fan, I've noticed that in recent series they've started acknowledging the fact that two separately evolved species on completely different planets probably couldn't have uh, children quite easily. They started mentioning, oh, well, you know, we had, they had children because they went to the, the special lab to get all the enzymes. Oh, that's really fucking shit. Is that what they're doing now in Star Trek? Uh, there's, there's, been, there's been a few nods towards that, yeah. But, Rubbish. So I'm, I'm just, <laughs> but now I've got the idea of, <laughs> of, of some Batman and Shrek going into one of these labs. I say, no, after have to plan to feed us. Uh, do you have any ogre-human crossovers? Nope. <laughs> we have <laughs> we've got a discount on Hedgehog. <laughs> Which is really annoying because the first Shrek is all about an ogre-human crossover. 
Yeah. Yes. Fiona yes, is, is literally yeah. an ogre human crossover. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what she is. Yeah. Sorry for spoilers for people who haven't seen the ancient <laughs> film. Anybody who has been in a coma since 1998, <laughs> <laughs> walk up, just plug their, their phone, and they're like, What is this? What is this strange thing in my hand? And the nurse has gone to them. Please just listen to this podcast. Get off me. Who are you? What's the podcast? And then like an hour, well, whatever we're on now, three hours into the record or something like that. I've gone, oh, it was quite interesting. This Shrek and asked me if I can spoil it again. <laughs> Where are all my family and friends? Well, they're probably all dead. <laughs> what a way to come out of a coma. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been over 25 years they must be all dead yeah. <laughs> so, where do you live That's is Thatcher option. still on the throne <laughs> <laughs> if no, you want to have a, po- uh, if you want to have a podcast what the fuck am I talking about <laughs> I've sworn a lot today Apolog- apologies listeners we have a guest it's fine <laughs> yeah I'm excited by the guest <laughs> if you were to have a tattoo what would you like to have done could you could you come up with a tattoo that's as good as this one? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I did I did come up with a very very pathetic tattoo once um, when I first started uh, in my neuroscience course in the first year, and I don't know what about tattoos come up. I, I, I was eighteen, I was out on the first time. I thought, oh, I could get a tattoo. I don't, I've never wanted a tattoo, but I, I could because I'm an adult now and I can do that. So what would I what would I have? And I thought <laughs> what I do is I get a neuroscience tattoo, right. which would be. I'd have the words action potential on my on my arm. Right. The, the A would be the action potential pattern that you get when a, when a, new, when a neuron depolarizes. Look at it like an A. And the arm looks so cool. And then for two weeks, I goes, that would look like the worst possible thing. <laughs> Were you the first dude bro neuroscientist? <laughs> Quite possibly, but only for like three hours. <laughs> and then I happily surrendered that, that title. <laughs> Whoever wanted it next. It, it, uh. it, action potential to have that tattooed in your arms. <laughs> It's quite fascistic, that is, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I sort of imagine people say to you, "Why action potential?" He go because I'm all or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly didn't think that far. <laughs> I, I never even thought of people seeing it. Just, <laughs> that, 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 that's a clever. <laughs> yeah, that's a clever idea. <laughs> I never, I never thought they would see me naked ever. That was no. <laughs> I just wasn't in that mindset. I think probably that tattoo would have helped that. Prediction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that chocolate condom would just be rotting away in that room. <laughs> Very self-fulfilling. <laughs> I got given on the again first week in I got given the uh, the the sex health pack from the, the Shag Society. Remember them, Dave? Uh, Shag in Cardiff. Uh, sex vaguely, health, vaguely. Sex health awareness groups. They give out some sort of free welcome pack. I imagine students. they saw me walking past and went, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was with a group of my mates, so I live with, them, and they just um, handed out about different randomly. But like, I got a free pack of condoms, and I, and I actually um, ended up finding them uh, eventually, and they had expired. And I, well, there we go. <laughs> very much a summary. These are like a vulcanized rubber; they should last thirty thousand years. But no, Dean's uh, prowess means they expired. <laughs> you looked at them; they wilted. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think if I was going to go for a tattoo, I'd just get like an arrow that just said this way up in case I was in a horrible accident. <laughs> so people knew I wasn't upside down. 
Is that, is that, is that like an insult to your face or a massive compliment to your ass? <laughs> <laughs> Let's say both. <laughs> Let's say it's the intersection of that Venn. <laughs> yeah. Now there's a Venn diagram, yeah. And it looks like an arse, which is helpful. <laughs> and that is also my face. <laughs> I think I'd, I'd either um, get flames tattooed on my feet so everybody <laughs> I was going around the place barefoot people would be like oh look how fast he's going <laughs> or I'd like to have uh, my own face tattooed onto my face in, in like a one to one ratio no. just so then I could chart my age I am um, I thought about having a face tattoo I used to do it with my dad saying, I'm going to have your face tattooed between my shoulder blades. He goes, why? He goes, it's always on my back. He goes, I'm not. He goes, yeah, that's, that's it's not even true. It's just, <laughs> I just, want, just want to make the joke. Yeah, it was just a joke he thought of. Really, absolutely not worth a setup. <laughs> so, <laughs> story of my life, really. There we go. Merry Christmas to you, too. <laughs> <laughs> That was your present. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on that joke. <laughs> uh, fun times. So, uh, to round up, what are we going to give this out of um, five? Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to give it a five because anyone has got this tattoo with themselves, whether or not this for, you know, in place of reconstructive surgery or anything, I just got my infant respect. <laughs> so, yeah, five out of five for me. Dave, can we do decimals? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not introduce yeah, yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Nice. we'll call this section Dave's Decimals. Thank you, everyone. Dave's Decimals. Not point seven. Zero point two five. Point five. That's a half. I would like to do a four point five because if if it was surgically related, I think I'd go full five. But I've got that doubt, and I, and, mm. I, and like Dean, I've got my doubt about the mechanics of it all. So I'm going to knock off that 0.5. But otherwise, okay. I think the boldness of the move deserves deserves a strong 4.5. Uh, like Dean and Dave, I'm also torn between a number here. Mm, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it four. I'm going to give it four. No. But all in all, we're in favour of this tattoo, which is Batman caressing a pregnant Shrek with a happy, happy face. As we see a blow-up picture of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog plus that thing that feeds the baby. What's that the called, Dave? Cord. The umbilical cord. <laughs> Edit all of that out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you after the break, listeners. We're back, and for the first time ever, we're going to have a guest segment. Dave, please. Okay, I'll just share my screen, and if not, then I'll just describe it to you. <laughs> but what do we think of this? We are looking at oh. Dolacrescent haggis-flavoured gin. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Meat gin. <laughs> oh, instantly my eyes opened. <laughs> yeah. She just sat up and it's like, oh, hello. I've always wanted meat-flavoured things that you can't, like, don't come in meat flavours. Tell me more, Dave. <laughs> now, I've brought this up for, for why does this thing exist, not because of, of the haggis flavour per se, because of when I read the blurb, it's like no animals were harmed in the making of this gin at all, which is infuriating. <laughs> Genitals. Um, <laughs> <Sorry>. And 
And it's saying it's not that it's it's haggis flavored. It's right. instantly a cop out. It's used the spices used in haggis to make it to make it sort of have that haggis haggis essence, but without tasting oh. like haggis. And then it says the creator suggests trying it with iron brew. Now, <laughs> this this whole concept to me is just an utter abomination. Okay, yeah. Like if you're going to make a haggis gin, have the at least have the you know the grace yeah. to actually make it haggis flavor. Don't cop out. And then and then don't put it with iron brew. No. <laughs> this is jock face, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, actually, that's what I was going to say. Like, how Scottish can we make this? <laughs> what else do Scottish people like? Let's just put that in there as well. Yeah, that's um, as someone who was like a, a very almost phobic of gin, I would probably not be wanting to try this. But have you tried it, Dave, or is this something you found? I have. I have. I've, I've had it advertised to me excessively. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> it just keeps popping up on Facebook, on hmm. on anywhere that you can get adverts. This has been tracking me. So the algorithms have obviously gone. Dave's had gin. He's <laughs> he's half Scottish. <laughs> have some haggis gin. This is clearly your interest. <laughs> And, yeah. and it was of interest because, like I say, I just think, oh, that's a bold move. But now that it's not even haggis flavor, like you say, it's just it's it's jock face. <laughs> it's someone yeah. gone. It's someone just gone. Well, Scotch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the what, what's the spirit of the Scottish like? That spirit, you know, uh, uh, gin. That's the one. <laughs> Swing and a miss there. Okay. <laughs> you might as well have on the have on the bottom. You know. You may take our lives, but you will never take our ability to self-govern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, Sylvester Stallone has got his face painted blue on the bottle. <laughs> Better together. <laughs> yeah, because there is sort of, uh, I guess obviously that's part of the classic um, spirit brewing process. Like they, we went to the uh, whiskey distillery tour. They said like they keep, they, they, Filter, they ferment whiskey, or like they keep it in casks from other drinks, like port and sherry and stuff. So you get the flavors from the previous drink in the wooden barrel that infuses into whiskey. So I get that, but it's like saying, "Yeah, we we, we store our whiskey in like a used barbecue, <laughs> just, <laughs> just fill the sheep with gin and just waiting for the inevitable." <laughs> What what do you think is inevitable you When you say inevitable, what are you thinking? I'm thinking death. <laughs> yeah, if you fill a sheep with gin, a lot of things are gonna happen. <laughs> None of which are fun for anyone. What really annoys me, apart from everything, is if you look down the side here, it says more alternatives. <laughs> now, these are these are the these are the gins that people think, well, if you don't like the haggis gin, this is what you might like. Yeah. Lemon, <laughs> rhubarb rock, whatever that is, <laughs> where the fraggles cousins live. <laughs> Toffee apple, yeah. candy floss, cranberry, and chi chi chi. Chi chi wee. What the fuck is that? Never heard that word, phrase, term. That's click on chi chi wee, please, Dave. I want. Let's, I need to find out what that, that is. Yeah, chi chi wee. They're the same folks behind Scotland's smallest pub. I think we know why it's... A small <laughs> yeah, it was a big pub once. <laughs> a juniper-forward gin base. Well, I'm going to stop you there, because it's gin. By law, yeah. it has to be juniper-forward. Yeah. 
It's it's got pink grapefruit, <laughs> you know, the, the most noble of fruits. <laughs> and they reckon an elderflower tonic should do rather well. So I don't know why it's called Chichiwi. But now I'm instantly interested in this bathtub gin navy strength. <laughs> Just for the listener's, ne- uh, listener's name, uh, deification. Uh, deification? <laughs> Clarification. Deification. Uh, this is the, the deification episode. <laughs> <laughs> the deification. Uh, uh, the, the boys both know that uh, two of my least favourite things are gin and grapefruit. So this is like... <laughs> this is. If you want to get me a Christmas present, this would be an excellent funny one. <laughs> Quite a pricey one for a cheap gag. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So not, I, I wouldn't want this. This is the sort of present that I would get you, Dean, and you would go, oh, ha, 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 I hate all these things. And then um, within a couple of hours, I'd corner your wife and say, I need that £36.95. <laughs> I've made a tremendous error. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much exactly how that would pan out. I'm trying to think. I've only um, the haggis one because obviously that's, that's that's a meat thing. None of these are meat things. Lemons, well, rhubarb. No, they're the opposite of meat. <laughs> yeah, if you go true. and if you look at the more alternatives for this, haggis is at the haggis top. come back up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But now I'm intrigued in jingle bells. Down. I know. I, I realise at this stage I'm just shopping for gin. <laughs> <laughs> come along with us, listeners. This is <laughs> masterofmalt.com. Jingle jingle bells. Ah, oh, bells. No, now I'm now I'm annoyed again. <laughs> yeah. Orange and lemon. Well, that makes sense. Bells, good, consistent. Just remember, yeah. actually, I think I don't. I can't remember before, but the most recent time I've eaten haggis in the loosest sense. Simon was your stag do when we had right. that, <laughs> yes. we had that uh, rented a house in Somerset way, uh, which we all just had a barbecue outside. I said. Because I was going to coordinate it. Everyone bring something for the barbecue. And one of your mates bought a haggis yeah. for, for, for the barbecue. But he'd never had it before. And I think that's uh, a perfectly legitimate reason to bring one. I, I, I remember him asking me about that, going, um, how do you cook a haggis? And I said, well, you boil it for quite a long time. And then he looked at me and went, what do you know? <laughs> and walked off and proceeded to throw it on the grill. <laughs> And then it bursted and just scattered over this barbecue. <laughs> so we ended up having this vaguely barbecued mincemeat just scattered everywhere. <laughs> so I think I've ever seen someone put it in your mouth, Simon, you were on the sofa insisting you weren't drunk. <laughs> oh, good times. Happy times. Bathroom gym, maybe strength. That sounds bad. <laughs> consider like, look, consider this similar product, <laughs> bathroom gin. Uh. Where is this company based? Are they actually based in Scotland? I'm going to guess not, based on what they said, but they maybe. Yeah. I think I think the haggis one is like it says is from the smallest pub in Scotland. Mm. I, I imagine they were quite a large pub before uh, they started this business. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just a guy in his basement cataloging vending machines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, massive grant from uh, Caltech. <laughs> <laughs> But like I said, what's what's annoyed me about all of this is because it's like, if you like gin, drink gin. Yeah. You know, don't, uh, I don't really like gin. All right, well, why don't you have gin that tastes like something else? Why can't I just have something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm totally on board with that. I mean, it's also, I, I, was this maybe an attempt to launch like a range of meat-infused spirits? <laughs> Can I imagine going to try the uh, haggis gin? Like, oh, I don't like it. Well, well, if you like that, have, have some beef-dripping vodka. <laughs> just, oh, lovely. Have some tripe rum. 
<laughs> horse intestine tequila. <laughs> 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 Maybe you'd like a chicken breast Bacardi. <laughs> <laughs> just when you go, uh, actually, can I just have a, a broth and coke, please? I'm, I'm driving. Yeah, I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get broth either. Like, I either have a fucking water or have a soup. <laughs> I get you. The, yeah. the, the, there's a knock on the door and it's the guys from Bovril. What are you saying? <laughs> 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 the um the, the haggis gin thing you said it's been marketed to you aggressively dave is it like um i mean is it been like some sort of fanfare about it or they just happen to like your algorithms have managed to... it's just it's just an algorithm thing and to be honest it does worry me because until now algorithms have, have really not tracked me down at all yeah. i usually get like um you know, glow in the dark shoes and you know, <laughs> saxophone shaped like sperm and <laughs> things like that. Just like so that the haggis gin is is a worrying yeah. development, unless it's just like you know a stop clock. You know, <laughs> I was thinking that because it's, it's right no times a day because they're all digital nowadays. But never <laughs> the actual saying. Yeah, yeah. Because I had similar worry in that because um, my algorithms like. They don't seem to track me now very well because I because I do all my article research by the same Google account, so mm. my my search history is just all over the shop. And for a while, I started getting adverts like targeted ads for things like toilet paper, to like protein. <laughs> We're pretty sure he's a human. That's <laughs> 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 biological function, surely. That's uh, well, other than that, we have we got nothing to go on. <laughs> Oxygen. <laughs> WD forty? No, he's a See, like the weird drink thing is like it doesn't put me in mind of something that really just really angered me years ago when it was on the BBC News site. I might have mentioned this to one of you, but it was a article saying the next big thing in Britain: beer cocktails. Cocktails would have beers and ales as an ingredient. Mm-hmm. I thought well, I've, I've never heard of that, and let alone seen it, you know, in the pubs in Cardiff. Yeah. I looked into it and just read the article, like, where is this happening? It was one pub in Islington, which had just started yeah. on the menu, and clearly the journal just drank there. As oh, yeah. well, I, I go, well, obviously, this is my experience, and therefore it must be universal. So <laughs> <laughs> this is how everyone drinks now. Well, it's, it's funny you should say that, because uh, recently, well, a few weeks ago, I was in Ormskirk, and they have a taproom pub, and they had beer cocktails. And again, because I'm a reactionary idiot, I was immediately furious <laughs> until I read the menu and I went, actually, some of those sound quite nice. What type of thing is it? I've never heard of it. What is it? It's li- Well, let's see if I can find the tap room in Ormskirk. You're giving the algorithms more to go on, Dave. <laughs> actually, yeah, I know. I'll wipe, I'll wipe it all. <laughs> They'll be tapping at your door soon. Edit us out, algorithms. <laughs> yeah, algorithms, edit yourself out. I'm just going to end up Googling beer cocktail or binging it. <laughs> I think I'm on bing. <laughs> I, hate I like to support the little guy. Microsoft. <laughs> bing just makes me think of the CBB's rabbit, which everyone hates. Yeah, oh, he's a penis, isn't he? <laughs> Absolutely. Worst cartoon character. But we digress. <laughs> I'm not sure if we should keep this bing, bing material in or not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ask Jeeves. <laughs> Dave's on Ask Jeeves, everyone. <laughs> so we've got a classic chilada. 
Uh-huh. Which is Mexican lager beer, lime juice, and salt. That's just how you drink Mexican lager. That's not a cocktail. That's not a yeah. cocktail. Beer margarita or the beer garita. Uh, mm. Tequila, Cointreau, lime juice, and beer. Could be refreshing. The Michelada, a spicy one. These aren't cocktails. To me, a beer cocktail is. Uh, what did we use? I think it was called Kryptonite. It was um, uh, uh, Smirnoff VK Ice. Wow. And half a pint of uh, cider. And then it goes green for some reason. I'm sure this is right. I'll need to check this. Listeners, uh, listen back next week. I'm going to check this in with my alcoholic friend and uh, <laughs> and I'll give you a proper update on this. But we used to drink a drink where there was two things mixed together. And it had the double, that's what it was. I'm, I'm sure it was this, right? Listen to this now. It was uh, uh, Smirnoff Ice. Don't even know if they exist anymore. Smirnoff Ice. No. Half pint of lager. Uh, double vodka, and it used to go green for some reason. Oh, okay, that's something chemical, there, isn't it? So, yeah, but it's all chemical, that's how it works, but still, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, Ooh. that's a cocktail, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I that's... mean, technically, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm getting it all wrong, I'm getting it all wrong, it's all coming back to me now. That is a turbo shandy, what I'm describing to you there, listener. <laughs> It's weird how memory this is hazy. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. yeah, I wonder why I can't remember these things. Yeah. Yeah. I me and, me and uh, the guy who used to drink this, uh, I'll shout out Chris Willis, where is Hilo? Uh, he's refused to be a guest on this podcast. His reason was, I don't understand science. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah, so we were in a pub once and we tried to order the table shandy. And uh, the, the, the bar woman said, I'm not giving you that. You're going to get ruined on that. <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay, I'll save you separately. So <laughs> Willis ordered half of what it needs to take the table, Shandy, and I ordered the other half. And then <laughs> she them. helped us to pour them into glasses because <laughs> we were too drunk to pour a smooth off ice into half. It was unbelievable. It does remind me, I think, Dave, you were there. We saw the, the late, great stand-up Ian Cognito. Mm-hmm. He was in Cardiff. And I think it was um, just a few, it wasn't long after, someone had sort of got too drunk and, and ended up dying in, of alcohol poison or something in, in the student union. And mm-hmm. or some, somewhere that had happened. And there was a, the, the, the parents of people who were campaigning said they should have mornings and ingredients uh, on, listed on the bar so students know this sort of thing. And he said, that's a fucking stupid idea because... A student, you go in, you go into a bar and there's a drink says this will kill you. You can have a ten of those, isn't you? <laughs> because that's how you think. It's, yeah, I mean, that's that's a really valid point. Yeah, it's true. It's true. An excellent psychological observation there, by the way, incognito. <laughs> ah, so haggis gin. Yes, let's, uh, thank you for taking control, Dean. Um, right. let's, let's move on. I was just happy, just, just sitting around talking about all the beers that I have drunk. <laughs> I should be getting a grip of this podcast. We're quickly running out of time, listeners. Uh, so, yes, uh, Dean, you go first. What's your score on ha- uh, ham- hemorrhoid gin, please? <laughs> well, that's a known blend. Um, I'm going to give it a two out of five because while I respect the chemistry and the artistry involved in creating the gin, 
Uh, I tried haggis on a barbecue. wasn't a huge fan of that. Yeah. Very much not a fan of gin. So I feel like I wouldn't really uh, approve of the product anyway. So, but then again, I'm not the target market. So two out of five for me. Okay, Dave. I'm also I'm also going to give it a two out of five, but for slightly different reasons. I think they they lack conviction. I think if you're going to do a haggis gin, make a haggis gin. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Cowardice as well. That's another point. Mm, cowardice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it a one out of five. I don't like the jock face about it. Um, mm. uh, I don't like the the way they, they say, um, well, if you like this, maybe you like lemon. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, be consistent as well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> commit, commit, guys, commit. I don't like the way it was £36.95 or whatever it was. Too expensive. I want to get drunk on under £20. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a one for me. Okay. So between us all, they got five stars. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, five stars. Five stars all around. There we go. <laughs> five stars. Why does this exist podcast? I'll be on the website tomorrow. Hi, uh, we're back. And we're going on to now um, yours, mine, Dean's, everybody's favourite section, random Wikipedia article. Dean. Okay, then. Here we go. I'm going to bring up Wikipedia by uh, James Whale. <laughs> right, it was a mistake at first, but I'm just going to decide that James Whale is in charge of Wikipedia now. The British right-wing DJ. He's <laughs> got a lot of time in his hands. He's created the font of all human knowledge. He's an excellent programmer. <laughs> yeah. Give him Wales, of course. Give him two pounds if you get a chance. Okay, so random Wikipedia. Just a little bit of his head. Sorry, carry on, Dean. <laughs> Uh, random article. Three, two, one. Billy Bayo. Billy Bayo. Billy uh, Bayo, I think. Bayo, okay, Bayo. Mm. Uh, it's a song written by Roger Miller. That is the whole summary. Uh, song background. It's a slightly comic song <laughs> about a larger-than-life character having adventures in America in the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> it's a slightly comic song. <laughs> right, well, first question, then. Do either of you know what this song is? Nope, nope, sorry, not nope, heard it. Not at all. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm concerned that given given the year, the name, and some of the people associated with it, that <laughs> yeah. it's racist. <laughs> yes, yes, very much. I think I thought Blue Bio. I think I've heard of that. No, no, I think I think that's a porn film. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, how I know of it, I don't know, but I think it is. So. <laughs> uh, Dean, why didn't you put Blue Bio into Wikipedia and see if the summary of that porn film is longer than this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, right. If it's in you, of course. Don't think James Whale. Oh, it, <laughs> it is, yeah. Blue film, it's got to be, isn't it? Yeah, uh, no. 2021 American job. Oh, no. A different film. Okay. No, it can't be. No. I know you know that up to date in your porn, <laughs> you know, you haven't seen one from 2021. Not, it? It's modern, modern rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I stick to the classics. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Now, uh, Yes, this song, it says there, I'm going to venture now into the third paragraph of this Wikipedia article. It says, Billy Bayou was released as a 1958 single by Jim Reeves, which is, of course, who Vic Reeves uh, based his name on. Yeah. Cool. I didn't know that. I hope I haven't just made that up. I know it's it's real name's Jim Moir, so... Yeah. (laughs) So this is like like an amalgamation of... Of the various names of Vic Reeves. <laughs> uh, right. Seeing as none of us have heard yeah. the song, 
Do we? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think by oh, we're going to have to re listen to the song. song. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think we're going to have to. for the edit button because this is going <laughs> to. This might yeah. be <laughs> quick. Uh, I've put up YouTube because obviously the video might be worth. Uh... It is really good. It's coming out very quickly. Yeah. It's a popular song. There's a karaoke version according to. Jesus Christ. If people thing. are singing in karaoke, it can't be I that racist. <laughs> or oh, it's incredibly racist. What have you other, isn't it? <laughs> Here we go. Okay, it's jaunty. I like it. Billy was a boy, kind of big for his size. Red hair and freckles and big blue eyes. Good ginger. 13 years from the day he was born. Bill fought the battle of the little big horn. Billy, Billy, bye, oh, watch where you go. You're walking on quicksand. To me, this like sounds to me like the song that a puppet would yes. dance to. Yeah. Also, old school TV show vibes to it, you know. I quite like the the picture associated well, with the video of Jim yeah. Reeves is is very much uh, you're not going to date my daughter. <laughs> yeah, <right."> definitely. Yeah, <laughs> not unless I date you first. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're more like the bell is a sound for me, not you. Sort of vibes to him. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I think there's a definite Kevin Spacey vibe about that. Yeah, uh, oh. yeah. Thank you for saying that, so I don't have to. Have to. But do you know what? At least, at least it wasn't racist. <laughs> We're just racist well, in so our far. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So far, yeah. Oh yeah, we don't know where it was yeah. going. <laughs> I'm, I'm very interested to see yeah. the story. Yeah, it's quite a jaunty it's... song. I was quite enjoying the. Yeah, yeah some more. One sad day, Billy cried, "Ho, ho!" I can whip the feathers off a of G-Runnie Mo. There we go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We knew it. Second verse. Big misogyny, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like it, but no, it's... <laughs> That's the episode title sorted. He didn't know whether to stand there or run. He wound up married because he didn't either one. Billy, Billy, watch where you go. You're walking on quicksand, walk slow. It is slightly comic. Yeah. Well, it was, um, yeah, it wasn't much of a song, really, was it? Like, it's not one of the ones that, like, no. that would go down in history. You know, a little bit about no. the, 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 little bit about the anti-native sentiment yeah. in it. <laughs> which, which was the style of the time, I suppose. But this is a, a, a word of, I don't know, warning or heads up to the listener. Um, the classic song, Sherman sings summertime, which is getting warmer now, the time of recording, uh, The Sun Has Got His Hat On, has a second verse. Uh, I'd advise you to look it up before playing it anyway. Uh, but bear in mind that um, a friend of ours uh, had a gig on Radio Wales and played it in full on a Sunday morning once and didn't know about the second verse. And uh, lucky it was too early for anyone to complain because there would have been some serious fallout <laughs> had it been a more uh, a more listened to slot. So uh, <laughs> just a heads up there. 
There you go. Oh my word! Uh, yeah, Dean's just showed us the second verse of the Senate's got a chat on, and it's quite quite strong. I would say the 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 subsection title of controversy over lyrics doesn't really do it justice. Yeah, no. yeah, that's um, that's a thing. Uh, it does remind me of uh, I think uh, uh, an employer that some of us share uh, was uh, a university, like the last place I worked for. They, uh, there was a bit of a controversy uh, when like, there was this the medical student review. Uh, you know, they, this medical students do sketches and stuff at the end of the, every or once a year, all funny send-ups of the um, the, uh, the lectures and things. And I wasn't at it. I was part of the medical school, but not part of the medicine course. Uh, so I could, nothing to do with me. But there was there was a lot of fallout. There was a big scandal, and I don't know. I was just on the periphery. And we were on it. We just kept, kept, we just kept getting told, don't talk to anyone about this. Because, well, I can't. I know nothing about what you're talking about. There's all like the <laughs> interdepartmental emails. But then we got this big, long email from the head of school saying, now, you've all heard about the incident that happened. Um, you know, it's obviously a very sensitive issue. We are investigating it thoroughly and firmly. But we must ask you that you not uh, comment on it at all because you want, don't want to prejudice any outcomes against the students. Uh, you know, we're very, very legally, it's very dense, paragraphs, paragraphs of, you must follow this regulation. You must do this. You must mustn't do that because you want to make sure this process is fair and you know, just as possible. Blah 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 blah. Final paragraph. However, for future reference, uh, here's the official university policy on blackface. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder what that was about. <laughs> just, <laughs> nothing. We're just going to let everyone know about this. On the off chance it becomes relevant at any point. <laughs> I think no, no, I think okay. it's worrying that there have been enough events that the university has an official policy on <laughs> yeah, blackface. Yes, exactly. That, uh, <laughs> that, that that's a can of worms, isn't it? So, <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so yes, uh, Dave probably knows that uh, we don't necessarily review the song; we review the article. Yeah. Um, I I personally have no beef with the article. It does what it needs to do. Mm, well, I quite like the way Dean that it encourages us to listen to the song. Yeah, actually, it's maybe a stealth marketing thing. Hmm. I'll give it. Uh, the, I'll give it the Simon special three out of five. I'm going to give it three out of five, Dave. I'm going to give it two. Um, I think it did make us listen to the song, but I, I think it needs a, a warning for the lyrics. Mm. Although I yes. may give it a two point yeah. five because I'm really intrigued by the cover versions. Yes, there's three cover versions listed. None of them I've heard of any of the, the names before. Burl Ives, Charlie Pride, Doug Kershaw. And I have to admit, listeners, when I first read Doug Kershaw, in my uh, eyes and brain, I thought it said donkey ears. <laughs> so maybe donkey ears. <laughs> a, a very good version of it. Something to think about. Something to think about. Why not think about that? All week until we see you again next week. Uh, just one more thing before we go, Dean. Listeners, this is Peter Falk, Budapest Statue, Google Alert. Peter Falk, Budapest Statue, Google Alert. So, Dean, uh, where are we now with this? Is there any breaking news? I know. Well, for the last week since we last discussed this, had uh, Google Alerts running for Peter Falk, Budapest statue, and Colombo Budapest statue. And you've had those running 24-7, yeah? 24-7 for at least a week now, perhaps more than. And so far, it's produced no hits. 
Ah, what a shame. No updates to share right now. But it's a rolling news story. We shall keep you covered. Keep, we shall keep you updated. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Peter Falk Budapest statue Google alert. Thank you today for joining us. Uh, you've you've really been there. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs>